Recorded in the darkest dungeons of the basement of Death Studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playin' and slayin'. from the BOD studio it is playing and slaying maybe that was too soft but it felt good and that's what counts because this is episode number 24 wow we've been doing this for roughly two years Mm -hmm. that's what that means yeah um and uh, as per usual we're gonna talk about some things that we do all the time what we've been playing what we've been uh hobbying up and what we've been purchasing um, I mean, purchasing is hobby, so we kind of blend those sometimes. But uh, <clears throat> then, much to my chagrin, we're going to get behind the mic and be on the table with me, myself, and I. So Troy and Josh have written some hard-hitting, um, inflammatory, <laughs> and probably, probably mean questions for me mm-hmm. uh, to pay me back for asking them questions. Then we're going to play it or slay it, uh, a game, a card game called The Mind, um, which I believe was released at Gen Con or close to. Something, yeah, sometime this summer, right? Yep. And, and I, yeah, well, then we'll talk about it later. Yeah, so we'll, um, we'll get into that. And wrapped into our playing segment, since it, it has been a, a hot minute since we recorded, we're going to talk about a little uh, Age of Sigmar tournament that we've affectionately um, called BryceCon took place up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, um, back in September. So going to talk about our experience there, get through the usual stuff and, uh, should have a fun show. Um, and while we prepare for the show, we also, you know, we've been living by our motto that when you're playing and slaying, it's important to stay hydrated. Uh, so other than a couple of ice cubes tonight, what, what have we been drinking? I, uh, I'm participating in sober October, so I have a diet Mountain Dew. Troy, what do you got? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah, no. What's up? Sober October. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, just because it's fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's just something to do. Something to do. You know, yeah. in October. Then there's nothing in that. No, nope, it's just I want to do. Has it been tested by some kind Would of third-party like authority? <laughs> you, you guys saw me open it. I was he, he, like... <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Josh That's is not good. drinking, I'm so good. That's right. We're proud of you. You're yeah. doing a good job. Thanks. It's also like a weeknight, so All right. It hasn't stopped us before we record on weeknights. <laughs> All right, Troy, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm uh, a little weak. Uh, it's just this is almost like sober it's October. Like yeah, because I'm drinking White Claw hard seltzer, which I I think they like wave it's like they, one and a half percent or something like that. Yeah, they like they let the it let it sit out. It's like old seltzer water, and I think it ferments, and they get just there's mm-hmm. like a little bit of it's kind of like kombucha. You know, where they tell you that there's a little yeah. bit of alcohol And they take in. a little taste and they're like, oh, this kind of <laughs> tastes like peach. Okay. Yeah, right. I, tell yeah. you, I tell you what's good with White Claw. 
More, yeah, yeah, more vodka. alcohol. Yeah. Vodka, yeah. <laughs> if you want a vodka soda that's not messing around, you yeah. add White Claw in your Tito's. And yeah. That may be the, the second drink, maybe. I brought a couple of these, so maybe mixing the next White Claw with some actual alcohol. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, this is just like, I don't know. It's like a bad soda. It's, <laughs> so I'm doing the black cherry one. But it, it's doing the job. It's wet. Supposedly it's alcohol. It's bubbly. It's bubbly. Spiked sparkling water. Yeah. It's like some teenage party. They, somebody, it's like a junior high dance or something. It's like Zima with less pun. Yeah. Tyson, what are you drinking? Uh, well, I'm holding it down for the, the beer drinkers of the world. I've got a fixed gear uh, red American pale ale from Lakefront Brewing here in Milwaukee. Um, it's pretty good. It's one of their flagship, I would call it at this point, um, beers. And uh, I'm drinking it out of a Milwaukee Brewing Company glass, so I had to be very careful that I said <laughs> Lakefront right. Brewing and not Milwaukee <laughs> Brewing. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. It's it's a solid one. I think it was the last one in the fridge, though. So sorry. Come November, you're gonna have to buy more fix gear. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, we'll be sure to make up for Josh's uh, so- sober attempt at October um, by having another drink midway through the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we can, you know. Right. So we just have to total like six by the end of the show, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Two so drink minimum. We might be, yeah, two yeah. drink minimum. And that checks Josh out. is not holding up his end. Mm-hmm. That checks out. All right. Well, um, we have been playing some games. You guys definitely more than, than me. So, Troy, how about uh, I'll let you kick it off. Um, have you been playing some Ashes? Ashes. So this game from Plaid Hat card dice game came out probably what 20 i probably have it somewhere 2014 probably three three, three four years. yeah maybe not that bad right 2016 maybe um gorgeous artwork if you're not familiar with it really cool mechanics where um again if we compare everything to magic right the mana or the kind of uh, energy comes from rolling dice and there's usually two types of dice that you'd have with a deck um and uh you kind of it has multiplayer but usually it's kind of a one-on-one game you play to the number you have a uh, phoenix born is kind of the your your hero or whatever and that's basically take down all the life points for the phoenix born and you win and a lot of some of them have spells and you have a spell board and then like a creature board and interact so really cool kind of unique mechanics um the dice add some cool things and we just been playing a ton at work uh, again neil from work he kind of he bought it um and then we've got a couple of different i think there's two or three people Maybe more. I think we have about five or six people on a list where we've been trying to do it at lunch every once in a while. So, actually, I hadn't played it in probably a couple of years. Yeah, because it had been a while since we had played. Yeah, um, and uh, a handful of times. and that's always that's funny. The one I always remember is because that's where we met Paul. Really, was playing uh, playing that's Ashes. Right. Um, yeah, so ashes <laughs> at the uh, the distillery <laughs> for a game night. Right. Yeah. yeah, so it's a the kind of Ashes. Always, it's an interesting memory. It always comes when I when I play it. So. Yeah. Um, so we play, and I got to teach it. So I mean, it's funny. I taught two times. I played. I actually taught. Had I had to learn it myself, and then teach it twice too. Um, but it comes back really fast, and uh, I think we're going to keep playing it because uh, like uh, Neil has his. Another guy at work has everything. He has like one of those Hobby Lobby cases, and just has like every expansion, everything every, that I had never seen. And uh, there's some interesting um, decks in there that that came in the expansions and tons of dice. I didn't realize how many expansions they had done for it. So that so um yeah. yeah I would again yeah it it stands up it I mean, it's who knows at some point if I find it maybe not you know a little bit cheap or something I'd pick it up again because it is fun to get to the table 
Yeah, that's a that's another uh, Isaac uh, Vega mm, game. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, all right, and then um, we have been on roll twenty a little bit recently. I've uh, been doing the Tomb of Annihilation, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, up until the last few weeks, it had been their most recent um, adventure book, but now with Dragon Heist um, being released uh, a couple weeks ago, um, Tomb of Annihilation though is. Uh, kind of a jungle adventure um ruined cities and temples um set in Cholt, which is kind of fun because there's dinosaurs and various creatures like the savage uh meat-eating koala bear pack yeah i don't know what those things were man (laughs) yeah zorbos they were called zorbos yeah but um it's fun to mix it up a little bit that one bryce and brendan uh from the guys from milwaukee aos club are uh are a part of with um you guys and then paul and and brother tom so uh, we're having some fun i i hope mm-hmm. and, I, and i like that good. tom's an australian druid he only turns into koala bears and platypuses <laughs> <laughs> isn't that not right <laughs> no no oh he's been right. turning into a brown bear but oh i, I think, thought he was always a koala bear i think we suggest that he has to be mm-hmm. only australian right and he should talk with an australian accent <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, that'll be good. Um, and you guys, what I wanted to touch on this is the party, well, some of them, the others are sleeping, just met a key figure in the Forgotten Realms, artist uh, Simber. So don't know if anyone realizes who he is or what he's all about yet, but the group met artists. Like celebrities is wandering the jungle. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Yep. 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 All right. I see both of you have been engaged in some digital and paper uh, card game playing. Yeah, Warhammer Champions. Uh, I've been playing the mobile version, uh, just trying to bone up my skills a little bit. And uh, I scanned a whole bunch of cards in, thinking they would translate to digital. Like, just, nope, dump. Um, you have to, like, pay, pay this in-game currency to, to switch them from physical to digital. Oh, or to um, play with it? What, to like play with them actually online and like... Right. Oh, but you can always build a deck with them, right? Once you scan them in. That's what I found. You can build a deck with them, but I don't think yeah. you can play with them. Uh, are, they, okay. are they cheaper if you have scanned them in than if you just try to acquire them online? I don't think there's actually a way yeah. to acquire them. So if you scan them in, you have the ability to acquire them. Okay. So, so you... there is a... There's that, but... Um, it's a it's a little annoying that huh. you don't just get the cards, or maybe there's something I'm not doing right. I think you have to play again. I have not played through a lot. I think John's played more on the PC or on the mobile version than I have. I've scanned a few, and I've just used it to like build decks and then go into the physical with my physical cards. Actually, build right. the deck and then play. I haven't played as much as as he had, and he said there's like like certain like the tutorial not tutorial things, but those certain things you like whatever they call them. Um, you know, milestone kind of things you play. And then as you do each one of those, it like unlocks the different decks and so forth. And so I, yeah. I, he's like, do those first. Cause then that gets you a whole bunch of stuff and then yeah. keep going. But I wouldn't doubt that there's also some other things where you need to keep, they, they have a pretty good business model. I think about where they want, they want you to keep playing. So you keep getting more stuff. And right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a lot of those, um, you know, free to play and then you can pay for additional yeah. stuff kind of models, you know? So, um, it, it's fun. I'm having a blast, but 
Um, and it, it's it's nice to learn the game through the AI, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah it's good. So, <laughs> so Warhammer Champions, I I went all in at Gen Con, and I really thought, oh, this is going to be a card game I play, Age of Sigmar. I haven't looked at it in ages. I haven't even downloaded the app. I, I oh. like. I think my problem is with those games. I'm just my gaming ADHD kicks in, and I just can't stay interested in it. Mm-hmm. I'm too. I'm too diversified at this point, and it's becoming a problem to play anything. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been playing a, a ton of real world of it. So uh, John and I have been playing a bunch. I've got two. And what I've done is just created like I have like an order deck and a chaos deck that I. They're kind of like starters plus modified a little bit. I've just kind of keep tweaking them a little bit and to try new things, and then play. So I played John a ton, and then. I uh, got people that, and then when I have two decks, is like there's a couple guys at work also at lunch. It'll be just like, hey, do you want to play? And they're excited. Again, like, Neil will play. He's not going to collect it because it's collectible, but he's Neil from work. Yep, but he's happy to like if I hand him a deck, then we'll play at lunch. And and I love the like it plays so you know fast and I don't. It's just a, so you know a little bit different. You know, I talked about Ashes being different. You know, Warhammer Champions plays so much different with the card rotation and the la- you know no mana and just the two quick actions. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, again, I, and so I'm not like spending all this time. Like I just made a couple decks, so I'll keep tweaking them. Um, but I just kind of have stuff that I can just throw down and play, and then and then it seems like again I haven't super tuned it, but it always is like we have pretty close. Like there's. A good range in the games like when john and i played i think we played three games one game i kind of beat him one game literally came down to like who was going to get the last turn because we were both down like one point and then the other game he beat me kind of decently right so it's and those were the same decks back and forth so it feels like there's yeah an, enough variability and, and fun that it's not like you always get you know you get that certain build and you're never gonna ever gonna beat it and so you get this kind of escalation right well i better rebuild my deck and get the super rare cards so I can deal with this other guy's super rare cards. And at least I'm not there yet. And yeah, I can kind of keep doing it. So interesting to see. You got to imagine they're going to do an expansion here one of these days. Soon. Yeah. They're, they're primed yep. for it. So, yeah. So you'll do it time. We'll get you. <laughs> Eventually. Well, we, and that's the other thing we haven't had a game night since, yeah. <laughs> I mean that, that I've been able to yeah. attend in, in quite a while. So, um, haven't had a lot of opportunity. We'll have to find like a bar in between Chase and, and the <laughs> bank building downtown, and we'll walk to lunch. And yeah, yeah, I just gotta stop doing stuff and you know going to playoff games. And <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. if the Brewers stop uh, stop advancing, then I can I can have a chance to reclaim game night. Yeah. <laughs> um, you also Troy have man, you've been staying busy holding it down. It. Uh Adeptus Titanicus with keep, um keep playing. Stormcaller Dan from uh Cubic Shenanigans. How'd that go? That was a blast. It was fun. So I we had to I had like a little bit of crunch time because Dan and I kind of set a date and we're like it was good because it was good motivation from a hobby side and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um where we we had a date we wanted to play. So I had to kind of do a bunch of goofing around to actually have some models to go play. Uh, so I went over to his place after work uh, a week or so ago, and uh, it was a good like it was both I think both of ours kind of first game. And what Dan is, he's kind of created this cool scenario where we weren't really playing against each other. It was like we had the two forces, and then 
it was against like an AI setup. So we were like attacking a base that had a whole bunch of installations of, uh, I think they had one, we had, they had one set of knights and then they just had a bunch of, uh, installed guns and different turrets and some pretty, pretty heavy armory uh, and towers that we just had. The goal was to get to the, to some kind of, um, area over there and, and, and take control of that. And then we'd win the game. And, and then we kind of, and it was a good, great learning because we got to go through all the different phases of the game. Um, there, he had it pretty well balanced. We ended up, we kind of said if they were able to take out like two of our Titans, then we kind of call it that they won. Um, so it ended up that we, our two Reavers got taken out and, uh, and our two warlords were kind of there and you know, that. So, but uh, I really liked it. I liked the, the gameplay you got, the way you give orders, the way some really cool choices around, am I going to give an order to repair because my void shields are kind of down and I really want to get those things restarted. And then like any typical dice game, you go, you're like, all right, do repair orders and you roll the dice and your ad mech guys all are like sleeping or they're out at lunch <laughs> and you're like, what? You guys couldn't restart the void shields? Um, and then you get hammered by these all these weapons um and really and then the location like the two reavers it was pretty cool because um when you shoot you kind of have a location like where do you get hit do you get hit in the body head legs weapons so as the the damage gets distributed it's it's pretty cool you get some really kind of cool realistic effects like thing and like the reavers got their legs taken out both of them i think got their legs taken out of them uh, again just kind of the randomness and if you get unrandom where it was like a lot of leg shots then it was like, oh, shoot, there's no way to prepare that kind of stuff. So, um, and that was just kind of, I think there's, we, it was cool. We kind of went through it. We got done and we kind of debriefed a little bit too and really talked about, um, because I think that's a scenario I think he wants to kind of maybe run at some events and then where people, and it would be great because people would learn and be able to play and you won't have the kind of one-on-one, you know, not as much pressure. It's just kind of really, uh, it was really fun. And it got me to like, I really wanted to turn around and play right away again. Uh, to do that so uh, so i think we're gonna yeah keep buying in warhounds come out soon probably need another reaver i have another warlord to build so <laughs> yeah excellent more adeptus titanicus excellent and then um you, you know in the theme of staying busy we played it or slayed it and you did say you were gonna play it in my little scythe so, so just super quick, yeah, super quick. Um, just to kind of check in on where we talked about Milo Scythe and whether it had any traction. I didn't think so. Sarah, who's six, I mean, too young really for the game. She sees it down there. It's you know, it's very cartoony, right? So she's like, okay, "Let's play a thing," and it's fun. I can't remember what she called it. She called it My Little Something. So she kind of knew what the name was. Um, but I've gotten into a played with her twice already, where we just do super simple, um, just put it down i you know we talked about would a kid get in to her it's just like hey there's these eight trophies it's really for her it's like how do i get a trophy um and and so she just kind of like oh to get a trophy i need to get apples to build a pie um if i get apples and i give them to my opponent i get friendship so she kind of understood that stuff so we play like kind of super simple rules um for just you know until we get two or three trophies and that but she's playing the real actually the real rules like she kind of gets that you know help her like either move or you get to uh, roll where you create the stuff or yeah seek or or make right and so she kind of gets the she likes the seek because you get to roll the dice and put the stuff out and then 
she kind of gets willing to do that. Then I got to get my apples to build stuff. So I'm actually surprised because I thought I would be like, I'd goof around and be a couple of years to that. But yeah, we're just kind of doing a super simple version and do that. So I think, yeah, so I think it might have legs where younger kids are actually going to kind of find it fun just in terms of like, okay, I just have these trophies. I want to get it. Mm-hmm. want to get them and they have a little adventure and tell some stories while they're doing it. So, so we'll see. We'll, we'll report in a little bit if we still has any legs. <laughs> nice. And then uh, I know you had a big family game kind of of the mind. The mind, yeah. And we'll, we'll, so we can save that for kind of the uh, the play it or slay it. But, uh, you know, the mind is a super simple card game uh, where you're just we'll talk about it. we'll save it we'll save it for later right, and then we've got to play in with got, got to uh, play with a ton of, yeah we had like soon. eight different people okay. um, in that so a fun experience kind of game and we'll talk about that later all right and then no spoilers for your last playing uh event before we dive in the bryce con but you got together with the co-op crew co-op crew finally after a That's, few months it's the coop crew <laughs> the coop crew coop crew uh and we got uh time stories um, the second to latest one, I think, uh, Estella Drive um, is the the name of that one. It was interesting. We went in again. No spoilers. We went in. Uh, I loved that Neil knows that I don't want to know anything. Like I did not even know the name of the expansion until I sat down <laughs> at the table. Um, and then, but he did kind of sense saying, "Oh, this one has gotten some mediocre reviews. Some people didn't like it, whatever." Um, I really enjoyed We, I think a lot of us, we really enjoyed it. I could see as we went through it, we're like, okay, I can get where some of the feedback came from. Cause there were some in- interesting elements or elements that maybe people didn't resonate with. And as we got started, it's like, Oh, this is interesting. But, um, was one of our favorite ones. I think again, at some point we'll probably do like rank the, the time story expansions and which that, but it, it ended up being, and we ended up, we were at 42 ale house and we just ended up playing for four or five hours and doing the whole thing. Uh, in once but a really really yeah. fun experience i can't like yeah, it's time those games are great like, oh. i just need i need a a group to to play it with that's yeah mm-hmm. and that's why we're kind of so lucky that the, we kind of have yeah. that group and we just now we've kind of like even like it's been it was like we didn't play all summer really but we finally got found another friday where we could get together and 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 walk through now and so i think we'll i think we're the newest one just came out I know more about it than I want to. Um, I mean, I know the name, which is <laughs> <That's too much. laughs> I the name. I know too much. And I think I've seen the picture of the cover, which is always, I don't actually don't want to know that. Um, and I think we're actually going to do, um, Neil got, uh, he did a custom, I think we talked about, did a custom event at Gen Con where he actually got, a, they, they get, you got a deck, an actual game expansion, a smaller one, I think, um, from that event. And so I think we're going to run through that before we do the, the next one. So, Right. so keep playing yeah and again just recommend highly recommend time stories it's uh still got a lot cool real cool legs on it all right that takes us into a lot of age of sigmar playing boom we uh in we being the royal we josh myself and my brother went up to oshkosh a few weeks back uh participated in a little three round 2000 point age of sigmar tournament at uh downtown oshkosh there's a hobby shop adventure hobby and games um really cool shop first one to just you know if you're in that area ever just outside appleton oshkosh is kind of north of milwaukee northwest of milwaukee i guess um so 
if if you're ever up that way, it's a really cool area. A lot of play space. Um, they had plenty of room for you know seven or eight uh, big miniature gaming tables. Good selection of yeah. um, hobby games. Some paint station, like a little airbrush uh, station, um, and then Magic the Gathering and other stuff going on. I think they had a Kill Team and Necromunda League at the same time. So I mean cool store a good venue and that was put on by our buddy bryce um the de facto executive producer (laughs) (laughs) um it wrote up the pack picked the missions the realm rules uh and had a um we had 14 people i think uh there were seven tables going um so nice little turnout josh this was really kind of your your first stage of sigmar tournament you want to as far as single player uh, yeah. events, you want to talk through your experience and your games a little bit? Yeah, it, I mean, it was really good. Um, it was casual atmosphere. You know, nobody's everybody was very friendly, and a lot of folks knew each other already. So that was that was cool. Um, but yeah, my uh, I'll, I'll just kind of run through my three games real quick. Nothing, you know, I won't go too in depth. But um, uh, my first game was against Kenny, Kenny Lull from the uh, Combat Phase podcast. And he had a marriage-themed slanesh. Slanesh. How do people say it? Slanesh. I'm just. I'm back up on that marriage theme. Yeah. Part. Right. So he had a um, greater demon. I, I think it was the the, the groom, and then um, in a tuxedo. Well, did he have a bow? He might have had a bow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he took it off for the game, but and then he had um, a jabber scythe. I think was the the bride, right. and he had actually a little veil um, uh, that he put over. It was it was crazy, and then it was all on this birthday cake or this uh, a wedding cake. Like a I mean, wedding. The cake. display board is built like a, a wedding, wedding cake. cake yeah, so. and it like the bottom tier had like all of the different like chaos symbols around it, and then the top tier the the, the bride and groom sat on top, and then. All of his troops kind of sat on yeah. the the first tier, and the the bride and groom sat on on. T- oh, it was crazy! Like it was it was really funny, and um, yeah, he kind of had like a whole story behind it, and we, we were I don't know we needed to start playing, <laughs> but uh, we we talked a lot uh, at the beginning, and kind of ran out of time. But um, yeah, he ended up. Um, so he had a really fast army. It was all pretty much all mounted, and yeah, he came smashing into me, and yeah, I, I had not very many answers for for that. So yeah, but uh, very fun to play with. Awesome dude. Um, and real quick, so Combat Phase uh, podcast is definitely one. They do a lot of forty k discussion. Um, mm-hmm. His uh, co-host Sean was also there. Um, so if you get a chance and you want to listen, they've been doing, I mean, black library giveaways and reviews. I, I want to say they're in the two hundreds of episodes. Mm-hmm. Like they do a, a prolific amount mm-hmm. of shows and it, it's a fun one to listen to. Yeah. I think they do a weekly episode. So yeah, check them mm-hmm. out. It's very cool. Um, uh, second game was, uh, against a local dude, uh, named Trevor. I didn't, I didn't catch his last name, but, um, he had an awesome deepkin army, uh, with, Excellent, excellent paint job and really cool water effect bases. 
um, and, and details and like you know, little fish and little um, seahorses and little like, you know, he did it all up. So um, I'm and actually I think his friend painted it. I, I can't remember who. He, so, yeah, Brandon, uh, Brandon Nielsen, I think his yeah, name is. Good. He's Brushbound Studios. He's a commission painter out of that area um, who had been tweeting progress through the army. So. Even before I knew who this guy was, who it was commissioned for, <laughs> I'd yeah. seen Brandon's work as as he had tweeted stuff out um, as he worked on it. And yeah, it's 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 a really uh, traditional deepkin look, but it's done incredibly well. Yeah, um, it, it just amazing. Um, he had uh, three um, eel rider squads, and then a turtle, and a couple of the shark dudes. I, I don't know mm-hmm. all the names, but um, yeah. It, it, Excellent, excellent army. Um, I made a tactical mistake, um, and that kind of caught. I was behind one point, and it was mm. hard to catch up after I was behind one. So in that that matchup, but uh, definitely very fun to play with, and uh, yeah, had a great time. So uh, and then my third game, I played against Mike Butcher uh, and his Nurgle. He's excellent hobbyist, an excellent painter. Um, he had custom uh, narwhal trees. Mm. Uh, which I they looked better than the actual models I thought <laughs> like they were I don't know they were excellent um, great game uh, fought to the end uh, I missed a uh, charge roll that would have got me points early and then I made a, kind of a tactical mistake at the end um, that also kind of cost me the game so um, but yeah uh, great great time with Mike um and overall, it was a great experience. I had a good time and um, had fun driving up with Ty and Tommy and talking shop. And yeah, it was a good time. Very cool. Yeah. And, you know, Josh's comments kind of made me think about it. The level of hobby at this tournament for a small local mm-hmm. like hobby store was fantastic. We had some of the best hobbyists in the Midwest yeah. there between <laughs> um, Butcher and... Uh, Another Norm, a guy that's been on a hobby streak that is approaching a year, I think, <laughs> on, on Twitter. Um, his Skaven display looked really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce's stuff, Dave's stuff. I mean, everybody, like, the level of hobby at this little, for a shop one day was, right. was crazy. Um, and uh, so Josh and I kind of, we were near each other at times. And I believe one at one point I heard Butcher say he warhammered your but so hard oh he he you, uh butcher warhammered his ass off <laughs> uh, to, so we we were really battling back and forth and uh right at, at that tactical error that i made and then him swooping in at the right oh. time he warhammered his ass off to, to win that game so yeah it was it was pretty funny um yeah so i mean three three games i brought my uh my legions of nagash which i I hope this is the last tournament that I bring them to. I've kind of been trying to get some other projects going um, after playing, you know, 50 plus games with the same army. I'm kind of ready for something else. Um, But started the day against Butcher and his Nurgle. Nurgle is kind of the bane of my existence. I don't think I've won a game against Nurgle in all the Mm -hmm. tournaments I've played this year. Just something about that matchup, their durability and speed, which is Mm -hmm. weird because Nurgle never used to be fast and now they're lightning quick um just i i can't stand up to it or you know i can't i can't take them off objectives quick enough so it's it's always an uphill battle um it was kind of a slower pace game and uh we didn't get 
we didn't get very far into it. it ended up being a, a draw i mean hardly anything died because i kept bringing stuff back i couldn't kill his stuff because he had so many saves and wounds um so it was just kind of a stalemate game mike's a great guy to play it was just kind of one of those boring games where nothing really happens the armies meet in the middle and just kind of right. grind away at each other um there were probably a few ways I could have tried to pull it out if I'd had maybe one more turn. Um, but the, the speed of play kind of, kind of hurt me there. Um, game two, I ended up against Dave Nordstrom. Dave, um, had, uh, been playing brass stampede up until recently. He's been uh, playing Nurgle. So I didn't get to see the stampede. I, I saw Nurgle again. <laughs> uh, we had a really fun game. Dave's a, a great guy from our, our local club. Um, and uh, it was the first chance I've had to play him uh, heads up in a single player game, and he won by one victory mm-hmm. point. So it was it was one of those close games. Had I been able to hold on to an objective just a little longer, um, might have been able to take it because uh, my vampire lord was doing some work to his blight kings. He he um, he was my MVP of this tournament. And then round three. I think the way it lined up, I would have been playing Butcher again, so Bryce kind of shuffled things up so <laughs> you didn't play the same person. Um, so then when Josh was playing Butcher, I, I played against Bryce, uh, who was kind of ringing for for the tournament. And there was a, a guy in the local area that was interested in kind of lurking around the tournament for like the last round wow. and a half. So Bryce said, hey, come on, man. Uh, let's, you know, let's get you to play a game. So let him do a lot of the rolling and like choosing where to go and stuff with Bryce's army. So we kind of did a, a learner game for the guy. So it wasn't really like a, a, a yeah. crazy tactical tournament game. Um, but Bryce and I always have fun when we're rolling dice. Uh, and then I, <laughs> so a while back, curse of years, curse of years, not curse of years. Um, I used it against Bryce and I removed his Phoenix from the game. So I was one for one lifetime. The next time we played, he killed Arkin before I could cast the spell. This time I was able to cast it twice. The first time it removed 20 Swordmasters. So a big unit of Swordmasters. I cast it again the next turn against his uh, Archmage on Forest Dragon. Remove that. So I'm now three for three. With the spell that's only supposed to work 13% of the time. Less now with mortal wound saves. Three for three lifetime. And there was much celebration and cheering. Mm-hmm. Um, 13% of the time it works all, all the time. time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that that was all there was to say about that. I moved Arkin into in the, the hill in the middle, which has been named Dual Hill. You couldn't retreat from Dual Hill. You had to stay there and fight till everything was dead around you. Um I surrounded Arkin, though, with 40 chain rasps, and I just sat there and let him keep coming into me as I kept bringing him back. Vampire Lord kind of went through the flank, killing everything else. So it was it was the three yeah. places of the power game that there was no way I could have lost. Um, but we had a, a fun time teaching this guy how to kind of how to play yeah. Sigmar at 2,000 points and just showing yeah. somebody relatively new to the hobby um, what the game was all about. So... Needless to say, I won best death. Uh, you know, one, one, and one. Uh, you don't got to have a winning record to uh, to win best in yeah. faction when you're the only one in that faction. Um, I went 0-3 and, and won best each. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. Isaiah, the, uh, the 16-year-old that won Bruce City, uh, won this one as well. Um, 
just waiting for the year that he wins Adepticon. With his Sylvaneth, Troy. I know, I saw that. Yeah. I should probably get lessons from him. Or run battalions, you know. <laughs> just saying. I, do, I, just, I don't run Dreadwood. He was a narrow route with, um, I think, Alarial. Oh, see, I don't have Alarial yet. But a builder and painter. So, just uh, once again, a little little late, but thanks to Bryce for putting together an event, getting some people together to, to roll dice and Warhammer their asses off. <laughs> um, and then uh, one game that I did get in leading up to the tournament, because I hadn't played AOS in about a month and a half. I hadn't played a game since Midwest Meltdown in July. Um, so Tom and I got a practice game in, <clears throat> and uh, he killed Arkin in turn one charged in with a uh, mock rusher and i thought uh, let's just pack it up let's re-rack and then i looked around and I'm like, let's play you know you you want to see how your army works i'll i'll not quit after losing my general in the top of turn one because i didn't position my units right, right. to screen <laughs> um so we we played and i battled back and my vampire lord just chewed through like his whole army and i held my objectives and ended up getting the win in turn five but it was one of those games where <laughs> everything started so poorly and then everything just went downhill for him rapidly as my army kind of came back and i saw that i could stick it out and and survive with my general off the table uh, but we had a lot of fun that game he's working on a new army though i'm working on a new army so i don't know how many more times death and iron jaws will crash against each other because that's that's been probably a dozen games or so we've played now we got to get Troy to a tournament. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. I'm going to a 40K tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and as as such, you are going. We've had a couple hobby nights. Let's get into the hobby segment um, of the show after our marathon of playing. Um, who wants to kick it off? Troy, I know you've been doing some, some robots and some 40K stuff. Yeah, as I talked about... Uh, to get ready for playing Adeptus Titanicus with Dan, I had to get a bunch of, I wanted to get some paint on. I wasn't just going to show up with gray plastic. Um, so I didn't, they're not anywhere near finished, but I was able to at least get base coat, get the, the skeleton kind of all, uh, get uh, metaled on that and did base color, color on the uh, armor plates uh, for my Reaver and and uh, the Warhound still needs, or Warlord still needs a lot more work. And then the, the Knights, at least again, got base color on. Um, but what I did, I basically spent a whole weekend playing with my airbrush um, to get to get them that far. Uh, and I used this uh, Vallejo metal color. I don't know if you've seen, again, if seen that is, uh, it's really what people, I, people are saying is really, it's really super good metallic airbrush. Uh, and so I, was, I bought some. Uh, and kind of looked at what did exactly what they kind of say. So they actually have like a gloss primer that they they tell you to use, like a black gloss primer, then use the uh, metal color, and they have a whole different ranges, anything from like a gun metal up to like a silver. Um, I think they have like aluminum steel, all kinds of different things. And then uh, they also have like a varnish they say that you put over it, and you get some really cool, really good results, and it really flows pretty nice. Because sometimes metallics in the airbrush, or it all depends. I mean, the other Vallejo, the regular Vallejo metals are also pretty good. I uh, played with those, but I would, if you're thinking about it, um, yeah, if you, and they're a little, I mean, end up being almost 10 bucks a bottle, I think, depending on where you're getting them from, but they're, they're larger bottles too. They're not the little tiny, tiny droppers, but it was fun to kind of just play with that and play with the airbrush kind of all weekend. Cause I, that's what I used to kind of get them all, all, all figured up. And I think, um, I think it's, uh, metal, it's also what, um, I think, um, 
Steve from uh, oh, he, Steve Herners. Yeah, I think he was using it. I, I saw. Too. Yeah, he yeah he had something on Twitter. I think he was using it for some of the scenery stuff that he was doing. So very cool. Yeah, Steve's been uh, tweeting. He's working on a new table for Holy Havoc, which is like a scryer warp stone facility. Yeah, and he's using like all the 40k um, terrain, and, and then he's terrain and green and green in the heck out of it to make it more fantasy, like or kind of that fantasy, whatever steampunkish kind of almost mm-hmm. look great. So that's pretty cool. All right, and um, this appears to be either somebody got a private lesson or watched the hobby video. Yeah, I think this counts as hobby. I think I I, I counted it as hobby because you were actually hobbying the other night, and I'm like, I'm not doing anything, but I did watch a video. It's like I stayed at the Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think, again, most people, and maybe you don't, right? Uh, Vince Venturella, who's on Warhammer Weekly, Warhammer, right, if I get that right? Um, Warhammer Weekly on YouTube, yeah. Yeah, um, and I think there is funny. They actually have a live show going on, I think, like right now as we're recording this, or tonight they did. It's, yeah, um, Wednesday nights. <laughs> Domus is on talking yeah, all, screen, it, right? all, all things green yeah, skin, iron jaws, bone splitters. Yeah, behind the curtain, you know when we're recording now. Um, but I, he has like the hobby cheat videos that he's done like 100 and some. Uh, I've been kind of picking and choosing through that. One of those latest ones was he has like two hours where he does. If you saw, again, on Twitter, he posted this uh titan or uh, knights or knight titan that he did some of this crazy freehand on um and i saw that and then i saw he actually did like a two-hour video of him doing it the freehand and actually that's edited so it took him probably more like six hours probably or at least to, to do it um and so i got sucked in and i watched i did not watch all i kind of fast forwarded a little bit through some of that but um but all that series, I mean, he, I think if there's anything you're looking to figure out, he's probably got a video yeah. on it, and he's amazing uh, and stuff. His, I just think they're really good. His dry brushing video. You think dry brushing is something mm-hmm. that's just a basic, everybody knows how to do it, you know, standard practice. His hour, two hour long hobby mm-hmm. cheating dry brushing video taught me more about dry brushing than I thought there was to learn. Um, just the different patterns, the way you do it, why you do it, the way you do it, how it, how it looks on the model and different, how shading matters when you dry brush. I mean, all of this stuff. Um, so a few of them are just amazing yeah. weathering dry brushing. Yeah, and he does just a really good job. Cause I mean, he talks about, he's like, well, I'm not artistic. I'm like, well, yes, maybe. But I think what, I think what he means is he's not like, he's, telling you all the basic steps you need to do to to get the same kind kind of results i mean again he's got hours and hours of practice and and things like that but he does a really nice job of explaining the technique right and and so that everybody can kind of learn learn with you know from him and stuff like that so yeah highly recommended uh from the hobby cheating side and warhammer weekly and all that and a few other stuff so cool roman temple yeah i've been working on some more Hearst art stuff. Um, yeah, behind me here. Uh, so I have a bunch of pillars done. I realized uh, I have enough for the base of the Roman temple. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not counting enough for the top of the Roman temple. <laughs> so I have the base and the and the um, the uh, columns done, and I need to mold some more. So yeah, I'm I miscounted, but you know that happens. Um, and then uh, I have some rubble rock area terrain. I need to cut out a uh, you know a piece of um, what do they call that the the clipboard material. Um, 
I have uh, some of that in the back. I need to cut out a piece of area terrain, and then I have some rubble and rocks, and I was going to kind of lay that out. I think we had, <laughs> I've been rearranging it 19 different ways, and I think you guys have seen uh, seen that. I just want to make sure that I, I get it right, and yeah. So anyway, I just need to glue that down and paint yeah. it and stuff. So yeah. Um, just little little projects. So I think Ty here we have that you've been having some adventures with green stuff or simple no, green. Simple, oh, green. simple green. All right. Yeah. Oh. So this is a this is a bit of a sad story. It's Uh-oh. not sad in the the final outcome, but so simple green is a household cleaning solution. Uh, rumor has it it's supposed to remove paint from miniatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does sometimes. When was the last time you bought Simple Green? Um, that's a good question. I have, a, I have a, a gallon underneath. Yeah, an old so. bottle that's a few years old? Probably. Or yeah, a recent like bottle a, uh, that was manufactured have, within the last year? Uh, probably not, because I think I have a big gallon, yeah. like a gallon or a two gallon so underneath my hobby table. Did they change table. the formula? So I put, I put Simple Green into a, you know, a, a yeah. bucket, and I put 15 models in, let it sit for a full 24 hours, took one out, and I'm like... <laughs> It just looks Nothing cleaner. Like fell off. It smells really strong. My basement smells like cleaning solution. And I kind of rubbed it, and I'm like, maybe a little paint. So I'm like, I'll just I'll leave it another night. Leave it a whole another day. 24 hour cycle. Pull it out. Now, like some paint's coming off, but it's not coming off even. Some of it's like going through like barely the top layer. Some that I had really conditioned with a toothbrush yeah. really hard. I was able to get like down to primer, some like flip flaking off and spot. I was, it was just really inconsistent. And then I started doing a little bit of reading, talked to Bryce and we couldn't figure out if the formula actually changed, but we saw plenty of people on Reddit and other sites right, talking about the same how thing. simple green is no longer working effectively to remove paint from yeah. models. <laughs> So I got, you know, I got, now I'm just, I'm going to go prime them because the way the style I'm going to paint, it doesn't really matter. Like I'm going to do the, the desaturated like look and add some blood effects. So I don't need a real clean surface to do a bunch of dry brushing, but it was super frustrating because it, I I let it sit in the stuff for about three days, two, three days. Um, and then had to slave with a toothbrush, like really just going the town on the miniatures to, to get them there. So I wouldn't recommend simple green. Um, at least not new simple green. I guess. Not, yeah. If you have an old bottle that you've had in your cabinet yeah. for three, four years, probably will work just fine. Um, Bryce was saying there's a dollar store cleaner that comes in like a powder. And then also in the bottle, I forget the, the brand of it, but it's a dollar store brand. Mm-hmm. If you buy the powder, it's different. So you want to buy the bottle, and it's allegedly on the internet. They say it works like Simple Green used to yeah. because it's made in China with right. I've seen yeah. There's it's, yeah. requirements, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's probably terrible to breathe. Yeah, might also take the skin off your hand. Yeah, but it was it was not fun to get these yeah. uh, these models down to a level where now I'm just going to go prime them black and paint. <laughs> but well, now we know. We thank you, Ty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now we all are smarter. So you went out in the because yeah, I haven't had yeah I've again I've probably had a, like a gallon jar underneath my thing for a few it's probably multiple years and, and I haven't used it all um, and I haven't had too much. only thing I've had trouble with with that was 
I literally had some old uh, Gene Steeler Hybrids original, like 20-year-old, and the paint was just like, you know, 20-year-old paint on there. And it, it, it came off, but not um, stuff in crevices and stuff. I had to really kind of scrub the heck out of it. But it was still not your experience. It was very, you know, paint was still really soft and kind of coming off. But, yeah, good and, to know. Yeah, and some of it that had been primed white and then painted red it looks pink now. Like, it desaturated the color and it... Made it washed it, some it, of it, it out, cleaned it, it. It just didn't eat the it, paint away. It, yeah, yeah it, it was just really weird how how yeah. it didn't work as I expected it to. <laughs> All right, well, simple All green. Right. If you're listening to us, you need to fix your go back formula. to toxic. Yeah. Right, you know, federal can't pass federal. Yeah, that was, well, that was what was always good about simple green. Is even the original simple green supposedly wasn't like yeah, it wasn't yeah. like using yeah, brake fluid. Right, it wasn't yeah. like using brake fluid or yeah, some I mean, other crazy stuff. To <laughs> Bryce and I had the discussion. I haven't even that. Motor oil uh, works to strip paint oh, from yeah. models, mm. but who wants to have a bunch of motor yeah. oil to? Yeah, that's why. And again, we've, I've heard like brake fluid and stuff, which is you know some version of whatever. Yeah. Also, but yeah, who wants that? Who wants yeah <laughs> an open container of that laying out for days? Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I was frustrated because I couldn't start painting those models while I was waiting for three or four days for paint to not come off of them. I started working on my deepkin finally. Um, and I'm I'm going all in on this hobby project. I decided that I'm going to flex all of my hobby muscles. So I'm going to do resin bases. I'm um, I'm doing a lot of conversion work. <clears throat> and one of the conversions I bought, so Screamers of Zinch. They're kind of manta ray looking things with barbed tails and all these crazy fangs. Well, I just started trimming and sanding. And before I know it, I had three what looked like manta rays. And then I took... Uh, Namardi Thrall legs and the torso from the eel rider kits and then the head and arms and pose them so it looks like they're riding on the back standing surfing on the manta rays so I'm doing that for my Ishling guard which are the defensive eels but they're not going to be eels um, so I'm going to do I think six more of those so I have nine of them uh, and then I have a couple of boxes of Stormcast the new evocators which you're going to ally in. And that got me thinking, how do you make Stormcast and Deepkin really work together? Mm-hmm. So I, um, I started hacking up the weapons and using some of the polearm blades from the, or the long sword blades from the Namardi Thralls box in lieu of the stabs for the Stormcast. And then I uh, took some of the female heads from the Deepkin boxes and put them on the female Stormcast bodies and had to, like, you know, hack off the Stormcast heads at the neck. So I had the little piece that went down into the armor. And um, so I got to buy two more boxes of Evocators so I have enough female mm-hmm. bodies to get the all-female Deepkin Stormcast. And then I put some of the, the icons that go on their backs. They're like the barbed kind of sharp looking i don't know like what they call them but they're they're like a bladed cage that goes around their their head kind of so doing some pretty for me fairly serious conversion work um it's no heads it's not a simple head swap it's like different sizes and kits and it's looking good i mean just a couple you showed us so far work in progress look pretty cool Mm -hmm. so next up is green stuff for the the manta rays and then more stormcast, but it should be fun. Um, 
I'm, I'm hoping this project comes together. It's something I, I definitely want to have done for Adepticon, um, potentially try to get done for Wapaka or Holy Wars in February if I can get into that one. So, Very cool. Yep, all, all deep kin all the time from here on out once I get those 40 demons painted for uh, Holy Havoc. Yeah, and my, I guess, hobby uh, goal is I have, like, whatever, a week and a half to get my... Uh, Juicy other cult guys kind of redone for uh, to go down to um, Dragon Four or Dragonfall uh, in a couple weeks and just play fifteen hundred. And I have most of that. That's the my the uh, army I took the Adepticon, but I kind of swapped out a few things and I want to do a few, have to redo a couple models there. So we'll see. Of course, I've taken it right down to the the wire as usual. But <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that's that's how we work. You know, you got to have a deadline, yeah. otherwise nothing gets yep. done you just you know paint 80 zombie side heroes <laughs> <laughs> um kickstarter blank nothing on kickstarter is that possible yeah there's nothing on there i'm Not sure no. <laughs> yeah so uh nothing that caught our interest doesn't mean there's nothing exciting there's there. a million Quality things on there, there. Yeah. yeah um what was interesting so back in march or april uh, night models announced the harry potter miniature yeah. game um, originally it was set to be a Kickstarter. They pulled that back and did the website pre-order. Finally, after months and months of waiting, the slow boat from uh, Spain arrived uh, in customs, and I tracked it through DHL tracking, and uh, it arrived at my doorstep in, uh, in almost in time for Nicole's birthday over mm-hmm. the weekend because it was a birthday gift, so she got to open it up. Models look really cool. The game looks way more complicated than i thought it would be <laughs> it's a legit miniature skirmish game um that then there's a cooperative like board game element mm-hmm. too but the rule book is you know night models just yeah. like batman it's it's a serious yeah. and I'm, i was not expecting that yeah. I, I thought it was going to be more of a cooperative adventure board game um and it it's got some serious skirmish level meat to yeah. it so <laughs> uh, that'll be that'll be interesting to dig into that one and start putting together some models that'd be cool yeah i didn't look so what is it the i assume it's all like the character models but then what are is there like monster or what's the uh so so there's like voldemort exclusive mm-hmm. um the death eaters you know that he surrounds yeah. himself with and some of the the villains mm-hmm. um and then uh there's the troll that mm-hmm. in, like comes into the hogwarts right. at some point um and uh, just a couple others. So, so it would be kind of like a skirmish, like the bad guys against the That's, against that's the feeling I get. Yeah, I get, and I don't know. I haven't, to be fair, I haven't read too deeply into it. Um, but it looks like there's competitive skirmish. So you've got like the, the slithering kids, you know, mm-hmm. like Draco Malfoy and his two cronies. And then you've mm-hmm. got like Dumbledore's army, which are the some of the supporting people. Then you've got Harry and Ron mm-hmm. and Hermione. So... Um, bunch of minis though the resin they're 35 millimeter so they're a little bigger um detail looks amazing uh the board is they're like tiles with squares so cardboard tiles that you line up to set your board um so more to come on that but it it was fulfilled as far as kickstarter when i think of not really kickstarter but cool no, I don't want to play it, Trey. I don't either. I didn't put it in here. Oh, Josh. No, I don't want to play it. What? 
I don't know. Expands, expands the do- door and corners. corners. Oh, maybe I didn't put it in there. <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> nobody typing. wants to own up. Yeah, to nobody's this. on. Just that's what's cool is show notes that write themselves. You just <laughs> that's a new, it's a new feature in Google. You just yeah. like put it in there, and then the AI like fills in an outline of stuff you should. You talk know what? About. What is funny if we dumped our twenty four episodes of show notes into one of those AI things and let it write a show for us, <laughs> it would be. It'd be pretty entertaining. It would be good. But uh, so I, the expands, we, we reviewed that a few episodes ago, um, right? Probably more like six episodes ago, like that. We gave it a lukewarm response. Uh, well, one interesting thing is the, in the expansion, I believe they actually put a new board, which is one of the things we were complaining about, um, which makes me, again, I don't know if that's a little bit of a, endorsement for a review right where it's like how many expansions replace the entire board right now yeah <laughs> it feels like it's more of almost like here's a 2.0 a little bit of this uh, again i don't know that it i there's some elements like that where they tried to correct some of the things that we wrong where it's like oh maybe it would be interesting to to pull it out again and see if it's there but i don't have any overwhelming desire but uh but maybe maybe if it falls on my doorstep or something else like that and it's called, why is it called oh it's called doors and corners uh, i think it's that's a reference to uh something in the the show or one of the books okay uh i think right it's uh in one of the characters he talks about you always gotta check the doors and corners because hmm. um, oh, which yeah. is again a weird name for the expansion yeah, yeah it was right really corners. kind of an inside uh, inside baseball you know, yep um so not not purchased but sold um friend of the show jeremy um he came to our, our house um about a year and a half ago and i had zombicide the original was open uh i had prison outbreak which is a standalone um still in the shrink i had toxic city mall still in the shrink and we've played these but yeah. mine i hadn't opened yet um and so he was harassing me about them and basically offering me ten dollars, I'll buy them all. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'll keep them for ten dollars, you know. Um, so he was uh, he was over for um, uh, Aubrey's birthday, I birthday think it was. party, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, he was kind of harassing me about uh, about them again. And I said, you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll sell you one, whatever. And so he picked uh, Prison Outbreak because it's a standalone and. I gave him a few of the extra models and stuff, and so yeah, uh, I made a, a little bit of money off of Jeremy, and he's going to actually play them, uh, I think, this weekend uh, with his gaming group. Uh, he wanted a new game to play, and he's heard a lot about Zombicide, so they are boning oh, up on the rules okay. as we speak. They will have fun. they'll have fun. They will, yeah, yeah. That's good. Prison Prison Outbreaks, a uh, interesting okay. one because you got to you got to kill stuff at range. Because they just punish yeah. you when you fight in close. Yep. All right. Um, scale model. Uh, so really quick, just to kind of wrap this up. So I spent a lot of time browsing YouTube, um, and <laughs> you fell down a hole. Yeah, and well, it's and I think kind of just bringing in. Uh, I think we all kind of watch again the hobby stuff. I think what's interesting is there's kind of the j- hobby adjacent things that are all you can still learn a lot of stuff from. So. The scale model topic on YouTube is freaking amazing about these are, you know, the like railroad dioramas or just miniature dioramas. Like a guy did a waterfall um, kind of diorama there. Um, 
all so I, you can just go deep on that and all kinds of techniques around especially like scenery and water effects and mm-hmm. um you know airbrushing like some of the stuff like i talked about the um the metal colors uh stuff for vallejo you know that a lot of guys that are doing you know scale modeling for airplanes and boats and whatever are using the same stuff so you can pick up a lot of techniques in there so really real cool stuff i mean i've always loved that's you know i don't know for some i still love railroad dioramas and love to go to the railroad show when it's here um so i'd say just check that out you might find something that's pretty cool um and then kind of adjacent with that too is the adam savage from mythbusters uh has his own channel and show called tested and on there anything from uh he was down at the the weta workshop guys down in uh, new zealand and one of the guys there had there's a show where he has he again these are the guys who do movie models and whatever and he had basically built his own modular 3d printed terrain to play miniature games on and he's <laughs> yeah. and they're actually they probably are going to actually uh, productize it but the amount of thought he went in on how this stuff all fits together and how it all is made out of modular different pieces but he made it so you can everything can you can just make it look different you put it together slightly different ways and look at it i would recommend it was based on a movie uh uh, it's like i think it's like a lord of the rings kind of thing or hobbit thing is what that's what he got into and then but it's something you could use for like age of sigmar kind of fantasy it it was awesome Uh, i I saw the same thing it's kind of crazy but that whole series then there's ones where um where adam just kind of does um plastic card scratch built like and so again tons of techniques for if you ever want to scratch build stuff which we all end up i don't know i'm always kind of scared john's much better at it than i am but he has a whole episode where he just scratch builds a little like spaceship um again because he used to work on movie sets and basically this was you know here's how the original like millennium falcon models and all the star wars models get built they're just all plastic hard and kit bash to do that so real again real interesting i think there's stuff that Again, it's a hobby adjacent. A lot of techniques, a lot of stuff that you can take away and use in those things that we do. Stuff for to add your tool belt. Yeah. yeah. And again, you just get lost. I mean, it's it's one of those where I don't, I don't watch real TV. I just turn on YouTube and <laughs> watch some crazy stuff. So Go down a hole. Excellent. One one thing I did want to, I didn't put this in the notes, but when we talk about media, um, I didn't want to wait for a library segment, but Sam Sykes. <laughs> uh, Sam Sykes is an author I really enjoy. And then uh, Chuck Wendig is written some Star Wars stuff. He does some urban fantasy stuff, um, but a relatively popular author. About a year ago, they did a um, a Twitter thread that went viral where Sam was tweeting that, um, you know, I'm holding a knife. And Chuck mm-hmm. says, well, look around. Did you kill somebody? And they go back and forth. And it's kind of like you might be a murderer uh, was the theme of it. <laughs> It actually got picked up for a slasher comedy movie. So Allison Hannigan is starring in this, and uh, another actor is in it, and they're bringing it out as like a slasher comedy based on that Twitter thread um, where counselors at a camp are being killed, and Sam, the character named after Sam Sykes, uh, calls up his slasher film friend rather than like calling the police to help him investigate like what's happening. So... Um, I, I'll try to get the, the name of it for the show notes, but I, it's something like, so you think you're a killer or so you mm-hmm. think you're a murderer or something like that. Um, but it's based on a Twitter thread that was seen by, you know, 11 or 12,000 of their fans at some, and I remember looking right. through that thread cause it was a hundred some posts right. where they're, 
you know, going through the <laughs> they're right the, the tropes the tropes of uh, slasher yeah, films. Um, well, don't run upstairs. Are you sure you have to run upstairs? Yeah, I have to go up the stairs. You know that type okay. of stuff. Um, so definitely worth checking out. Awesome. All right, I need a, a serious drink before we let you guys take over the show um, and defame me. So we're going to take a brief break, refresh our drinks or, you know, glasses of water if it's October still and come back with a little behind the mic with Ty. So Josh and I get ready. We got some uh, questions. We got to dust off here. We got some uh, kind of bindings we have for the chair. We have some uh, bright lights we're going to turn up. We're Mm -hmm. also going to turn the heat up in here a little bit. And we'll be ready to rock and roll. So we'll be right back. Welcome back. This time it's Ty who's getting tied to the chair under the bright lights. In the hot seat. In the hot seat. We got the electrodes hooked up. We got the, was it polygraph? Polygraph hooked to his finger. Are you comfortable? I've never been better. Never better? You're good? So this is our third in our series of going behind the mic with the hosts. So Ty, are you ready? We're going to ask you a few questions here. I think I'm going to go first and then I'll throw it over to my partner. Who's uh, You can figure out who's good cop, who's bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm set. And then the, fir- then the first question is where were you on the night of April 1st? 2014 well that was a tuesday if if my memory serves me right right around adepticon yeah that's that's hit number one probably i I believe the badgers were probably playing in the ncaa tournament at this point oh i wonder was that um there may have been a game I, i was either at home uh prepping for adepticon or i don't know where where do you think i was we were probably getting ready to come down to Adepticon. The hint would be, what did we do at Adepticon the next day, probably? Who did we see? Is that a black library? Um, no, I'm going a little more local. I'm going more local. Oh. I and know. I think I got it right. So I think my the, the homage here is this is when Anvil 8 did their first Ethereum Kickstarter, pretty sure. Huh. Okay. Timing could line up. If you remember, yeah. remember Brian hovering over the laptop yeah. all Adepticon, because I think he launched it the Tuesday, right? Right. That, as Adepticon. That makes sense, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Um, that makes a lot of sense. You know... You know, I probably shouldn't offer this up without um, being uh, under more duress. But I actually, actually didn't back the Kickstarter. <laughs> Hold it, and the Essen trip got pulled right there. Uh, I mean, I've bought plenty of product, and I've um, purchased many drinks for them, and, and volunteered and helped. But my name didn't get in the book. Uh, if you look at the original Ethereum, because I did not. Um, back the kickstarter and to be fair at that point i wasn't backing anything on kickstarter i hadn't really started my uh kickstarter sickness yeah you've come a long way 
You really have. Yeah. But um, yeah. Oh man. Sorry, Brian. Right. Sorry, yeah. Will. All right. So so that was just the warm up. That was the yeah. warm up. That was to get to the juices flowing. To get to get the banter going. So we yeah, get some kind good. of a odd, you know honest dialogue going here. So <laughs> first real question: What's the oldest game in your collection? Your your game collection. Risk. I have a copy of Risk in my uh, game collection. That was my dad's um, that we played as a family. And I, I don't know when he would have purchased it, but it, it's probably older than me um, or very close to as old as I am. But that was a game that now I, I have in my collection. Yep, it was kind of the miniature game starter. Like I think we all, I remember that same thing. I was that was one of the starter games for me. Like we would. So risk led to um, for me access and allies, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which I also have my original copy, which I, I got probably when I was ten or eleven years old. So you know, twenty five or so years ago. Um, but risk was predates that one. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> We're moving up a little bit, high school years. Were you a jock or a nerd? I was in this weird kind of all groups at the same time. Um, So I I played varsity baseball. I also acted in several school productions. I was, you know, top 10% of my class. He's the renaissance man. I was, um, Uh you know, I was National Honor Society. Kind of everything, like I did a lot. Um and then also had my my group of friends that we would play D D on the weekends or you know play miniature games or other stuff like that so definitely that was more closeted we weren't the kids sitting at the table talking about dungeons and dragons but when we'd walk by that table you know we'd kind of perk up and go oh yeah okay us too cool keep keep doing your thing with your d20 um but yeah so i was i was kind of in many different social circles Cool. Uh, and you kind of hit on it. my follow-up there was what games were you playing in high school? It sounds like you're playing D&D. A lot of D&D. Um, probably some Lord of the Rings role-playing game at that point. Um, 40K. Silver Age Sentinels, 40K. Um, so there was, a, there was a few role-playing games that got cycled in when we get bored with D&D. And then some miniature gaming, playing some 40K. Wasn't really playing much fantasy at that point. But, yeah. So where were you guys playing? Sorry, this is off. I'm off script a little bit. Where were you guys playing? Whose basement were you in? Yeah. So if 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 it wasn't my basement, we were in my buddy Dave's basement. Um, sometimes Danner, Matt Danner, mm-hmm. occasionally Josh's uh, house because he had a uh, ping pong table. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so anybody that had a table, I had my old four by eight train table. Dave had a pool table, and Josh had a ping pong yep. table. So it was kind of what table could we leverage into a, a game table? <laughs> cool all right now a little bit more it's kind of the history now we'll ask the philosophy questions here a little bit all right if you could only be a player or a dm not both from now on which one would you pick and i have a couple of follow-ups here hmm. so I, I think ultimately um Part of it depends on who's DMing for me. I was going to say that that the parts of this could be, you can say, depending on... Who are my players? Depending on the game, maybe, or the group, you can kind of tweak, maybe give a... if Um, Because, I mean, so my my, uh, mage game that I play in with Paul and Jen, Tom, and our friend Ben, it's been going for almost almost three years now. 
Um, there's not a better GM storyteller that I've played with to the level that Paul has built the world and the NPCs and the storylines and woven this crazy just world together. So, you know, as a player, if he was the, the GM, I think I'd be fine with that. But otherwise, in other scenarios, you know, DMing is kind of, it's become what I do. And I, I worry if I didn't DM, would the campaign still get played? Would people get together? It's almost become like, um, you know, the not to say without the DM there's no game, but I... I feel like at times that's kind of the my lot in life now is to to be the the dungeon master. So I think with our current group, um, I'm comfortable doing either. If Paul's the the GM, though, I'm comfortable being a player. So he has to have a super DM, otherwise he's doing it. Mm-hmm. That's yep. what I'm hearing here. Yep. Otherwise, do it myself. All right. And I was trying to turn the tables from what you asked me, and then I realized I didn't have a good good uh, answer for it so i'm going to actually ask the question so i can form the question but if you could only read three authors for the rest of your life and then i'm gonna ask it to like kill mary or whatever those authors but um no i'm not but who if you could only read three authors for the rest of your life who would they be and i'll let you pick rothfuss as one i guess yeah, so I mean, Pat Rothfuss is is in, or you could just say besides Rothfuss, if he's besides like, Rothfuss, uh, maybe because if he, he seemed like he was yeah. the given, so it's uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, George R.R. R. Martin, mm. and Timothy Zahn. Mm, Zahn, that's an interesting Without choice. Rothfuss, that's a, good, that's a good choice. I like Zahn, but that's in, see, I learned something there on the Zahn one. Uh, Thrawn in that series might be the best Star Wars literature that's out there. So Zahn gets in because of his contributions to the extended Star Wars universe. Tolkien's in because he's the founding father of modern fantasy and world building. And Martin, because I need to see how Game of Thrones ends. (laughs) How it really ends? Yeah. You're going to say the show is not canon, right? No. (laughs) No. All right. And then I kind of have an open one here. Finish things up for me, at least. What was your, what's your favorite gaming experience or experiences? We'll let you have some wiggle room. Hmm. I think, so if it's a, if it's a role-playing game, it's some of the old, um, old campaigns with a group that, uh, you know, through high school and early college years, some of those up till five in the morning, you know, rolling dice and, Going through the route of seven parts, kind of some of that old AD and D stuff. Um, but then, you know, af- after that, as an adult, because I had a little gap in my miniature gaming, it was really getting back together with, you know, Josh saying, "Hey, there's some guys at work with playing." They go to this guy Troy's house. Um, the early days, you know, it's been mm-hmm. fun having BOD game days since, but getting eight guys playing 40k uh, and just kind of creating that now community the the foundation of that community is probably that's probably up there cool the third pillar of gaming is now um kind of seeing so landon seeing his interest in miniatures and painting and the hobby and being able to kind of slowly usher someone into uh gaming in a way is is kind of a 
pretty cool experience. All right. Excellent. He passed. <coughs> at least I think. I don't know. We'll read the polygraph now. Josh, you can go ahead. I'll be, I'll be checking. It's the, all lies. Checking the, it's all yeah, lies. I'll be checking the answers. Well, welcome, Tyson. Um, I'm Josh, uh, and this is my colleague, Troy, who we've talked to. Um, my team and I at Koopman Enterprises are hiring a senior director uh, at our gaming division, and oh, your name okay. come, came up in our search. Uh, I think it was passed to us by our friends at uh, Anvil 8. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd like to ask you a few questions, see if you'd be a good fit for the role. Uh, would that be okay with you? Y- yeah, let's do this. Fantastic, I'm fantastic. So uh, w- what do you hold as your greatest gaming achievement to date, sir? See, that's that's interesting. I don't achieve a lot. I don't win a lot when I play uh, Age of Sigmar, so it's definitely not tournament finishes. Um, completing an army is nice, but uh, it's... You know what? It's actually it's world building. It's the um, it's the work that's gone into the uh, OG Dragons campaign on Roll Twenty mm-hmm. um, and the storyline and the the crazy amounts of characters and betrayal and arc that that game has taken. So it's probably crafting a story like that. That's cool. Yeah. Um. If you were gifted $500 that had to be sent on gaming or hobby-related items or, you know, whatever, what uh, what would you buy? I mean, that, that sounds like a Tuesday, um, $500 <laughs> on gaming. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I'd, I'd probably use it to buy HeroQuest and expansions and probably go find something uh, somewhere on eBay to get the uh, the original HeroQuest. Nice. Reunite the uh, the Grail game. Bring it back together. Yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, a little trivia question for you. I just, just want to test your math skills. Uh, if you laid all of the Scrabble tiles ever produced end to end, how many times would they circle the world? And I'll give you a little hint here. Uh, each Scrabble tile is uh, three quarters of an inch, and the Earth is a hundred ninety six point nine million miles around. So there's, what, 100 tiles maybe in the Scrabble game? 26 letters in the alphabet, a few repeats. Let's call it 100. Three quarters of an inch, that's 75 inches, six feet. Carry the one million, six million feet. Um, Eight times. You looked that up, didn't you? No. Really? I just did the math. You you nailed it. For real? Yeah. Yeah, Eight times. I just did the math. That's all I did. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm checking the polygraph. You should check the polygraph. No. I think you lied. Um, <laughs> no, check it. So <laughs> if you hadn't given me the circum the yeah. the Earth's uh, circumference there, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to do it. Well, but, but I mean, like uh, Scrabble tiles ever produced? Like not well, just. I, f- in I figured one. how many million copies have they sold? Yeah, and I was able to just use that to. All right. That was a guess. But that was a good, really freaking good guess. No, he has. Uh, uh, he was, knows. He knows all the sales numbers for every board game. It's actually eight times. <laughs> and what's funny because I was thinking it's probably somewhere shy of ten million. Mm-hmm. But the yeah, it's good. Good job. Good job. Wow. Wow. That's it. He's, you got the job. He's, he's nailing this job. interview right yeah, now. <laughs> all right. So uh, Tyson, you open up a board game, a brand new board game. Uh, it's new to you. You don't know a whole lot about it. 
Uh, and you find out that one part of the game is missing. Oh, how dare they? I flip the table and take it back to the store. <laughs> so we'll say oh. the artwork, IP, theme, you know, kind of all together oh. is, is scraped off of all the oh, wow. all the components. <laughs> I want to get a game where the themeless game. Uh, the full. <laughs> I feel like there's a few games that we've played where we could write back. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> the theme was missing from my game. I, <laughs> <laughs> the the full rule book is missing so you have like a, like a turn order card or something oh, wow. that kind of helps okay. you along but the full rule book is totally gone uh the game board is gone oh or the components you know, cards dice meeples whatever are gone uh oh, what would man. be the most disruptive to your play experience so can i ask you a few follow-up questions absolutely all right so the rule book right can mm-hmm. i go to board game geek and like find answers oh this is a brand new game it's not even out there yet okay um hmm. probably the rule book since i often have to to learn and figure out a game Mm -hmm. the rule book's probably the one where if i don't have another way to learn the rules um i'd use the components to make up my own game but um yeah because i've bought games that don't have good artwork or theme the mind um I've <laughs> seen games that can be played without a game board. Components, I mean, I've got enough in my collection, but the rule book, that's the core, what the designer intended for the game and how it works. All right. All right, so you're in a castle maze. You walk into a room, and the large steel door slams behind you and locks. You can't get it open. You see a lighted hallway to your right. It's a trap. A dark hallway to your left. Mm, probably a trap. There's a hatch door in the middle with a staircase winding down. Mm, okay, probably trap. And at the back of the room, there's a ladder that goes up into the ceiling, but you can't see much past that. What do you so, What do you do? I, I mean, the old dungeons, you always had to descend to the next level to get the good loot and find the stuff, so I'm going down the stairs. Excellent. Yep. The lighted hallway, and my thought process here, lighted hallway, that's like, come on in, it's going to be safe, and then you get shot or stabbed or whatever. Dark hallway, I don't have dark vision, I'm a human, uh, so my racial traits don't allow me to see in the dark. The hatch, you know, the hatch and lost was kind of scary, but staircase is the way to go down, so you got to do it. The ladder, uh, you know... That's too much manual labor, climbing a ladder and then trying to get up through a hole. I'm a, I'm a big guy, so I don't think that works for me. So staircase. Staircase down. Excellent. Excellent. How'd I do? Did I get the job? Um, we're going to uh, reevaluate uh, your answers, and uh, we'll let you know. Um, is this is the correct contact information here? We'll, we'll post it in the show notes. <laughs> yes, yeah, ty at basementdeath.com. Nice. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, guys. That was uh, invigorating. Thank you, Ty. Thank you. I learned a lot about your staircasing. <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, we'll be back after a short break and talk about The Mind from Pandasaurus Games. The Mind is more than just the game. It's an experiment, a journey, a team experience in which you can exchange information, yet will become one 
to defeat all the levels of the game. Whoa. That's deep. The game's, not, deep. the game's not that deep. So the, <laughs> the Mind is a card game. It, it's, uh, it's from Pandasaurus Games, designed by Wolfgang Warsch. Warsh. Uh, Good job. Glad you're saying it. So <laughs> how many more beers do I need before I can't even say Wolfgang? Um, it says two to four players. I think you can play it in larger groups. Um, plays quick. I mean, we're talking a, a five-minute yeah. game. Um, all cards, no board, no components. Um, price point, I'm guessing, was around $20. I don't think. I think it's like more like 10-ish. 10-ish. Yeah. Um, but uh, relatively new. I think it dropped at Gen Con um, around that time. Um, cooperative in a way that is, what I will say, unique uh, in how the cooperation is done. Because you're dealt a card, has a number on it, 1 through 100. The group is trying to place them in sequential order, counting up, um, with no communication. So you have to think if you have one card and it's a 47, looking at the eyes of your friends, how confident are they they have a low card or a high card, and then play them in in order. Um, So, Troy, I'll let you describe, I mean, from a a theme standpoint, graphic design... Artwork. I think it, it, was, it was removed, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it was removed. We won't. I won't. There is a, a graphic designer, but it. Yeah, the graphics are pretty simple, right? And they're kind of funny. It's yeah. Uh, it's a bunny. The bunny there. And there, I don't. I, right. There are some additional. As you do levels, there's the idea of having lives. Because um, as you do each round, you're going to have more and more cards in your hand that you're going to try and get through to to win as a team. Um, and then, but as you get harder, the idea is you get you gain lives. So that if you somebody plays a card out of order, you use up one of your lives, and you kind of keep going. They also have this idea of the shurikens, which are another kind of mechanic in the game. Somebody can say, hey, stop. Um, we're going to use one of our shurikens, which we've earned through scaling up. And then you can everybody discards their lowest card that they have in their hand uh, and kind of resets you. And then you kind of also... And then keep going from there. So it kind of again makes that round a little easier because everybody's dumped a card, got the dump a card, and everybody's seen that card, and everybody's seen else. that card a little so, bit. Yeah, yeah. To, to help. Um, so so it, real quick, shurikens. Why? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, good question. We're not ninjas. Not <laughs> we're bunnies. There, there's a bunny. There's yeah. I, don't, I guess why are yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the bunny? I, yeah, it barely a I bunny. We're people shurikens. Okay, yeah, it's kind of like a dark bunny. It's a bunny outline. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Carry, carry on. Shurikens. <laughs> we'll come back to Lives, the... Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so the gameplay itself is interesting. I think there's been some discussion online about, you know, is this even a game? Is it? it and it is kind of what you talk about. It's it creates kind of this social experiment, social experience. Uh, we played it again at a party. We played with a. We started out with a smaller group, three or four, and then everybody saw us playing, and we kind of kept growing bigger. Um, and we just had fun literally just going to two. Each person had two cards, and we probably played for half hour, 45 minutes, uh, a bunch of different rounds trying to get through like an eight-person eight group trying to get through two cards down. Um, and when we finally got it, there was it was funny. Like there were, we're watching the, I think it was the, the Packer game. 
we heard cheering as loud as for the Packer game when we all finished the in the basement <laughs> when we all finished one round of, of the mine. So it, it was a, a fun experiment. Uh, and and again, I think I would for what it is, right? Hardcore gamers, it's total filler game, total kind of party game, very much uh, gateway. You could, you know, I think when we were playing with party, right, a lot of non kind of gamer people, kids, different age groups uh, get there and. It's kind of fun. And then I think it's all about the social contract of how much do you want to keep the no. What does the no communication rule really mean? Um, they do kind of, I think the designer, um, when he talked about, because some people were, again, I don't know why people have, there's a whole month, way more written about this game than probably it's even, you know, that it's worth. Um, <laughs> but people are like, oh, you really have to, it should be everybody's like got there, you know, everybody's like a statue as you're playing the cards, I think the designers actually said no. The idea is body language, eye contact. Just you're just not, you know, you're not having verbal communication around what the thing. And even we played it wasn't. It was more like there was some verbal communication, just not about the cards themselves. It was kind of like, oh, maybe you should go, kind of, you know, kind of things like that. Not without nobody really knows what the numbers are. So what you're talking about, as long as you're not saying I have 48. Um, you know, you're still having fun with it. So again, I don't think there's a wrong way to play the game. It's all about what can you, what are you doing to have fun? Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much mine. Questions. We played a little bit, right? Yeah. We got, we got our we feel did. for it. So it. We sure did. We did. Um, we got a shirkin. <laughs> it's, uh, and we, do we want it? Maybe that like the, uh, what we were making fun of, right? As you hear this is the, there's nothing outstanding about the graphic design around. Uh, I mean, it's it's it's, it's interesting. It's sort of weird. <laughs> it's weird, right? It's um, weird. And, it's, and maybe it's, it's trying it's, to be psychedelic or something. Yeah, it's, like that. it's. I mean, it's well drawn. I mean, it's. It, but it just doesn't. I, it could be anything, right? Mm-hmm. The, like this bunny, yeah. But it. I don't know. It's whatever. It's it's definitely an interesting game. It's it's yeah. I would argue it's not a game. <laughs> Fair. Ties that guy on Reddit. That's, That's a- who it is. <laughs> I, it's an experience. Yeah, yeah. It's more than a game. It's a puzzle. That's what it says it right here. It's more yeah. than a game. Yeah. Yeah, it's a puzzle. Yeah, it's, it, it's a puzzle. Um, it's like playing. It's Mahjong. like playing blind poker. Like you know, you're you're not aware of your card, but you see the common card i don't know yep. it's just a in highly random right there's a definitely highly a high random. Random because where you get into tra- as, as you, you know a success is where you have a kind of a normal distribution of cards across people because yeah. if you get skewed where we get into trouble guess, is if everyone's skewed very high or very low then you don't i guess my, get, my problem with hmm. it at its core is i like like making decisions <laughs> that are informed yep or mitigating randomness in some way, having an action I can choose. There's just there's there's no element of a game to this. It's draw a card, choose when you're going to play it based on looking at people. Like if you're playing it to the letter of the law, looking at people and playing your card. I don't know. It, there's a an element of and as we play we played it with the large group. Is I right the element of um, there's kind of like a betting element to it because you are there's like a gamble like you and 
like as we got through it, we try, you know, we all get together and we'd have kind of a strategy like, okay, everybody go slow. Everybody make sure you make eye contact as you are ready to put your card down. Cause we got, again, it was fun to kind of go through different iterations of it. And especially with a larger group, try and figure out what mechanics and how, what matters communication we could use to make our, ourselves more successful. So that's it. I, I think there's more here than, um, than you may be giving it credit for, but I would agree at the source, there's still highly random, highly there's uh and you are making a, but there's also this betting aspect to it because you're like ooh, am i betting that josh has the higher card or myself and when you do get then when you hit that bet you get that rush right oh we got right yeah and that's where this game kind of pays off because you do get that little bit of adrenaline rush when you do accomplish it and and like i said when we got eight people and we got through two rounds you felt like holy shit we really got this uh we accomplished something and it was fun so not can convince Ty, but here's what it is. <laughs> well, let's let's cut to the chase. Yep. The mind, play it or slay it. Josh, where are you on this one? I mean, it's interesting. Um, I, I don't know that I'd play it more than a couple times, and for that, I, I'm gonna have to slay it because it would just sit on my shelf. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm slaying it. All right, I'm playing it. But I'm biased because I bought it. So, like, <laughs> um, but again, I did have we did have a lot of fun playing it. I think this is something I'm going to take the work and yeah. using like a team building kind of thing. I think it'll be kind of fun. It'll yeah. be interesting because I think we'll get people on all kinds of spectrums. People who will just like hate it and people who will like it too. Yeah. Um, so I think and then I think it'll get uh, again like in a family kind of atmosphere. I think it'll get a, you know a little bit of traction. So yeah. So so b- before I play it or slay it. I want to elaborate on my my <laughs> no choice, position. not a game. Yeah, it's it is a team building exercise. I feel like this you could get handed a worksheet with you know yep. mm-hmm. write one through ten and a number handed yep. out to you and your partner and you like yeah. that's not a, a game. It's, um, it's a trust fall. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm I'm slaying it. Uh, I never want to play it again. Uh, <laughs> but I give, I, I'm going to give. But I'm going to give Pandasaurus credit for having like, hey, we're going to put this thing that because I totally agree. Yeah, like, there's yeah. nothing that says I need to have this box to have do right. this exercise. You you, you write yeah. one to a hundred on right. a bunch of cards. Yeah, and you and have you the could, game. You could have this thing. Yeah. yeah. So I give them a lot of cre- like, hey, they're selling a bunch of these things. People are talking about it like crazy, and everybody yeah. else uh, uh, to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It's a weird yep. one. Yep. It's uh, the mind from Pandasaurus yep. Games. It's a fun um, one. You know, some some people love it, some hate it, and uh, <laughs> you've seen both <laughs> sides of that coin here. So, without further ado, that's why we do reviews. So that we, we, we do this so you guys this is don't for you have listener. to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is this is for you out there to save your ten dollars and buy a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> the pizza argument. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so that is The Mind from Pandasaurus Games, designed by Wolfgang Worschk, and uh, can be had online. I think it's on Amazon for pretty cheap. Yeah, it's, like, it's under 15 so, bucks. Then. Um, and now we will get into some upcoming events. Uh, at the, the list time, is getting smaller. I know. Although running. I started to wrap. We're starting to wrap in the 2019 well, now. Yeah, so, so now that we have a 2019 event, we might have mm-hmm. to add a few more. Yep. 
Um, but up, upcoming in the near future, October 19th to the 21st, RockCon and Dragonfall. RockCon going on in Rockford, Wisconsin. Dragonfall just outside north of Chicago and Elmhurst. Um, miniature gaming conventions, tournaments, role-playing games, and uh, you might see Troy walking around the tables at Dragonfall. Yep. Um, I know a contingent of the guys from Milwaukee will be playing in the AOS events there as well. Troy will be uh, holding court in the 40K area. Yep. Smashing faces with no, the no, playing in non-codexed, the, heavily <laughs> nerfed FAQ Gene Stealer Colts. Yeah, luckily playing in the uh, gentlemen's uh, tournament, just simple three rounds with my, yeah, with my index army last one <laughs> somebody's got to do it man somebody's got to win best sports so just be really yeah, nice and, yeah yeah that's my try uh then right after those cons wrap up um i hit the road for chicago to hop on a flight to germany uh with anvil Eight games to go to spiel essen spiel um the world's largest game fair uh, october 25th to the 28th um in essen germany so it'll be interesting to not speak a bit of german uh see people from all over the world and uh see if i can demo frontline no comrades to a group of people that don't in, speak english in in Ger- english. how about french That's... can you do it in french no 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 yeah <laughs> I, I just like oui. the we, yeah, i just like to point out that the mind was a spill the Yaris nominee in Good 2018 <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to find something <laughs> so when you're, to talk when you're, to about that. When you're over there. Oh, Essen. So, yeah, Brian and Will and myself will be uh, at the Envelay Games booth. Um, Brian tweeted out, you know, we're about two weeks away. Or Will, I don't know who's managing the social medias these days at Anvilate. Um, but the booth location... And the uh, the hall, there are multiple halls. It's a huge convention uh, space. So interested to take that in and have a report for uh, our listeners sometime in the front half of November when we recap Essen. Um, I get back. I have two days, three days to recover. I go to Holy Havoc, uh, Steve Herner's narrative doubles event. Still have to paint some models for that before I leave for Essen. Uh, weekend after that is Game Hole Con. Do they, serve, do they serve beer in the Essen like hall? I don't know. I'll it's, find it's out. It's Germany, yes. Yeah. You think so? What, I'm what really worried. I was just going to say, like, Ty, please take pictures, but I'm worried, like, if they serve beer in the hall, like, we're not even going to get anything. I, I will. He won't even, like, we'll barely know he was there. So we'll have to ask Will and Brian what I will, happened. I will like, take some pictures. So here's a funny thing about um, current event, current state of affairs. The Milwaukee Brewers are poised to play in the National League Championship Series. Second time in my lifetime they've played in the League Championship Series, 2011. Before that, it was 82 before I was born that they played in the American League. If the Brewers were to beat the Dodgers in seven, best of seven and advance to the World Series, games one, two, three, four, and five of the World Series take place while I'm in Germany. So I will not be able to attend a World Series game in Milwaukee. If the Brewers go, I will be finding a place in the the homeland of brewing to watch the Brewers. Seems mm-hmm. only fitting. Seven hours later, then the game is starting here. So Brian and Will might be getting a tie that gets up at three in the morning to watch 
baseball before going yep. to <coughs> spiel. That's right. You'll just never like never switch time zones. Like just stay on stay on Milwaukee Central time. Standard Time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Deal. Holy havoc! November second to the fourth. <laughs> uh, just outside Chicago, Steve Herner's event. I'm pretty excited for that one. Game Hole Madison talked about uh, Game Hole and the the epicness. I don't know that we'll get a chance really to talk about what we're what we're doing at Game Hole, but we'll be there attending. I think uh, there's a plan to. We're gonna run to some zombicide on the side. Saturday. Yeah, if I mean, pre-registration's done, I know it was. There may have been a couple slots left that so on site if you're there and yeah. looking for something to do on Saturday, come look us up. Um, but just uh, an incredible convention, packed to the gills with um, gaming industry uh, authors, different people, streaming, everything going on at Game Hole. Matthew Mercer, Critical Role, Pat Rothfuss, Mike Cole. I mean, it's yep. it's never ending list of people at this point attending. Um, and then. Adepticon 2019, March 27th to the 31st, coming up right around the corner. Yep. Event registration will take place in about a month. November That's why we'll start getting it on they here. Said, so, right, yep. Around that point. Um, and then there are a few other events. We'll fill in the calendar as we get closer to the end of the year. Um, we got to figure out, you know, BODCon and uh, a few other things for the winter. And then back in the con season again so never-ending cycle but we'll we'll be here to report on it and uh tell you what what you should buy what you shouldn't buy like the mind and uh what else is going on in the gaming world so as always thank you very much for listening uh certainly look forward to to seeing any feedback and comments on itunes facebook page twitter and you can now find us on spotify so spotify has extended their um their onboarding process for uh, podcasts and uh, you can now post your RSS feed there and they'll distribute to their uh, subscribers and, and whatnot. So in addition, iTunes, Google play and some of those other places, you can find us on Spotify. If that's your jam, Facebook playing and slaying Twitter at playing and slaying show and the basement of death.com where each episode gets posted, blog posts get made and fun stuff happens so um email names ty josh and troy at basementofdeath.com info at basementofdeath.com looking forward to hearing from you guys thank you once again for listening the ken griffey jr of episodes number 24 is done so keep the dice rolling the drinks on ice and no matter what keep playing and slaying Live from New York, it's Saturday Night Live. No, wrong, it's wrong, the wrong, wrong, wrong show. show. Oh, I was doing my Matt Damon, Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys seen that one? You like beer? <laughs> I, was, I told you, I was I was lifting weights with PJ and Squee and, and 
Long Dong Doug. <laughs> long Dong Doug. <laughs> or Dirty Dong Doug or something. <laughs> and Hansy Hank. <laughs> I was lifting weights with PJ and Squee. It's right. It's all right here on these calendars that I kept meticulously from my high school years. <laughs> it's the best work Matt Damon's ever done. It's pretty good. Uh, except for his role in... Team America. It's better than that. It's better than that. Wow. Man. Matt Damon. 